So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. It's time. It's Vader time. It's finally time. Vader, one of the biggest men in the history of wrestling, is finally going to be enshrined in the WWE Hall of Fame. And it's not too bad that he's doing it the same year that The Undertaker is going in. We'll talk about this super heavyweight induction. Tony Khan had a lot to say after all wrestling's revolution pay-per-view in Orlando and the recent purchase of the Ring of Honor tape library in promotion. What does that mean for the future of Ring of Honor? And is it going to be the game-changing movie promised? Pat McAfee's WrestleMania opponent has been revealed. And where is that show going to end up being in the big weekend of WrestleMania? We'll find out more there as well. Plus, WWE's relationship with EA Games. Is it in a uh, make or break situation with the upcoming 2K22 release? Seems like it could be. We have details on that. Plus, WWE's relationship with Peacock. Where does that stand? So much to get into. We're a few weeks of WrestleMania. Share the link. Are you stink? Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. We got to do that. We got to do it like the, the Stooges at some point. Uh, what's <laughs> up, everybody? I am Kev Kellum. That is Jose G in in the in Florida, which just had uh, just had the All Elite Wrestling Revolution pay-per-view. And Jeremy Pettit in Nebraska. Jeremy, what pay-per-views did you guys get in Nebraska? Zero. Okay, we got to work on that, bud. We got to work on that. We got to work on that. <laughs> like, Kansas City is about the closest I ever get for a pay-per-view. I'm busting your balls, buddy. I know. Uh, every time there's a big pay-per-view, it comes up. Hey, I think WCW had a pay-per-view in, in, in Omaha or Lincoln one time. <laughs> Uh, so we have plenty coming out of All Elite Wrestling yesterday. We did a big post show. If you haven't seen it, it is up now. We have our ratings up there. It seems like a lot of people really enjoy the show. There's a lot of noteworthy things kind of coming out of the post-media mm-hmm. scrums. We'll kind of cover some of that here. Uh, but WWE certainly making headlines today with announcing the second inductee in the 2022 class. Undertaker's going in. This will stream on Peacock on Friday night of WrestleMania week, immediately after SmackDown at the same uh, American Airlines Arena in Dallas, Texas. And it will feature Vader along with The Undertaker. Quite uh, the addition to the class, a fitting guy. Uh, obviously, a majority of his run, big in WCW in Japan. He's one of those guys more known for that. He did have a run in WWE, but obviously his run in WCW is what people remember him for most. Uh, and that is a part of the WWE lineage. I, I do think this is a great addition, somebody that a lot of fans know from the 90s i know those tend to be inductees now that kind of resonate more with some people now as they age a certain way uh what do you think of this news guys veda veda time baby i think this is really really long overdue there's a lot of fans uh that have been uh, chiming off on social media uh expressing that same sentiment but this is awesome dude this is awesome that 
uh, Vader finally gets his rightful place in the WWE Hall of Fame. Um, the news was broken earlier today by Bleacher Report, um, and they were able to confirm that uh, Big Man Vader is going to be inducted into the 2022 uh, uh, class Hall of Fame class. So it's uh, it's awesome. I think this is fantastic. Uh, Jeremy, what are your what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think it's a, a great induction uh, for this year, especially being in Texas. He was big on the Texas scene in, in, with the uh, world class and uh, NWA in that territory back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's very fitting that he goes into uh, this with The Undertaker being uh, uh, in Texas. Uh, you know, he, he was big, uh, big there, a big influence to Stone Cold Steve Austin. I think that'd be mm -hmm. a great inductee. Uh, I think uh, Stone Cold inducting Vader would be a, a great choice. Or um, McFoley. McFoley, or McFoley. had some real wars there. That'd be a, it'd be a great one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, I grew up watching Vader in WCW and uh, and some of WWE as well, uh, mainly in the NWA WCW days. And so I was a I was a fan of him as a kid. And uh, and then and, and then you know listening to Stone Cold's podcast and hearing a lot of stories about him, I, I got to become even a bigger fan. And yeah. so that's why um, you know, I'm very happy that, you know, though it's late, a little too late, but uh, at least it's happening. I uh, think also, I, too, yeah. uh, just to hop on before you chime in there, mm -hmm. Kevin, um, I also think that, you know, Vader did a lot of stuff for big men in the industry that we see today. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of the big guys that you see today kind of take off from that um, versatility that Vader brought to the ring. And as not only as an athlete, but as an, uh, as a character. Uh, so I think this is awesome. One of my favorite matches, Vader and Stan Hansen in Japan, when his Ooh. eye gets popped out and he puts Insane. it right back in socket. I never, I, I, I didn't hear about that match until like 20 years later when some one old school guy, when I was trained, oh, you need to see this match in Japan where Vader <laughs> just pops his eye back in the socket. And I'm like, what word? So I looked it up that same night and I was, I was hooked on Vader and Stan Hansen back then. That was one of my favorite matches, man. Jose, do you know something crazy about this? So that match is in, I believe, all Japan. They had that match, right? Yeah. And uh, Stan Hansen's a madman. He's he's way over. He gets to do whatever he wants in Japan. Way over, right? And he spit. He has a cowbell that he shakes out when he goes when he goes and he you know we do those big bull rope matches, right? So he's got the cowbell and he's swinging around. And he's like decking people going to the ring. He just does a bunch of wild stuff. He was the original like come out be crazy type guy, Bruiser Brody esque, mm -hmm. right? So he's swinging this cowbell around and it hits Vader in the nose and breaks his nose before the match even starts. So Vader has to start this match with another three hundred pound guy where they're just laying everything in, right? And a thumb like strike or a palm strike or whatever they were doing uh pops his eye out so he has a broken nose his eye his eye is just being held in by his eyelid his eye is not even back in his skull all right and he had to continue this match so just uh, and also vader messed so many people up <laughs> like he vader vader <laughs> wrecked so many people uh it wasn't even funny uh so just a bunch of crazy vader stories and i assume we'll hear some more uh leon white definitely one of the biggest uh Biggest big men never do it. You know, you talk about Andre the Giant, talk about the big show. Vader is on that list in terms of guys who did something with the super weight, the super heavyweight realm of wrestling. And also, you're right, change the idea of, you know, you have a four, nearly 400-pound guy doing moonsaults gracefully. You know, now he's not struggling to do them. That's insane when you think about that. Uh, and then mm -hmm. had a great career. He played in a Super Bowl before he ever got into wrestling, which is crazy to think about, too. Uh, I, I We always get this. You know, we have someone here, like, board uh, certified uh, texting here saying, uh, he, this is too late. You know, you should have had this before he passed away. I agree. You know, that's always the thing here with people. Uh, he did have health issues. I knew, I do know that um, 
Mick Foley had an online campaign in 2018 before Vader passed away, kind of campaigning to get him inducted in. I don't know what the issues were, but it is worth noting he, he did participate in the Hall of Fame before, and he inducted mm-hmm. uh, Stan Hansen, who we mentioned before, and, and he had a great time doing that. Yeah. And he did a great speech. Um, There's another good chance, a good choice here. If uh, you know, if not, if not Austin, Stan Hansen, obviously good. You know, Ron Simmons wouldn't be a bad person to induct him into the hall either. Not at all. Someone who took the uh, the world title off him there in uh, WCW back in the day. Uh, If you're looking for some matches to seek out, maybe oh, I know Vader, I don't know him, or a younger fan, uh, definitely fire these up here on Peacock. His matches with Sting, his matches with McFoley. Uh, well worth it here. Uh, he did he did some really really cool stuff as well with the Undertaker. I think it was some of the best stuff he did in, in that short run in, in WWE. Sir, seek out a short brawl that him and Ken Shamrock had on a pay per view where they just wreck each other. <laughs> they, 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 just, they, just, they just it's like a four minute match and they just start f- firing real shots on each other. And it, it's just and that's it's just the awesome nuts. thing about Vader matches, right? Because you could always expect that intensity in any any of his matches. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just an awesome occasion. I mean, I know a lot of fans have that sentiment that is a little bit too late, uh, but better late than never, bro. Better late yeah. than never. And yeah. a good, uh, you know, a, a show I wish WWE would bring back. I, I hear rumors that they might be bringing it back, uh, but table for three. Uh, he had a, a table for three uh, with Sting and DDP. So uh, you can get a little more insight. I, I, on I can him tell. As well. I can tell you that they did tape a new season of Table for Three in January uh, in St. Louis. I know that they were taping stuff for that. What the combinations were, I don't know. I do know that Kurt Angle was there uh, and he was filming stuff, so that's, you can connect the dots pretty easily there. But we don't know like who he was filming those with exactly. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out here. Um, and of course, obviously, when this comes up, people will talk about who else needs to go in the Hall of Fame. We'll get into that before the end of the show. Tony Khan was busy. Uh, he started off quite a bit last night after last night's successful All Elite Wrestling Revolution pay per view and had a lot to say about the big announcement earlier this or last week, rather, uh, of purchasing Ring of Honor. Now, the numbers have been reported of you know 30 to 40 million dollars. We don't know the exact number, uh, but he stated that it was well worth the money, he thinks it's a good investment. Uh, and that he does not intend to do the same type of mistakes WWE made with NXT. I know that, that I don't know why that needed to be addressed, but somebody framed that question that way, and he felt he had to address it. Uh, it was like, "Hey, uh, d- uh, Tony, can you say something bad about the opposition, please?" Tribalism. You know, I know we can't have a conversation with you where we don't bring up the other channel, right? It's funny that you mentioned that because last night during the media scrum, uh, I believe Mike Dagger, who was with us during the trivia a few months uh, about a month and a half ago. Shout uh, out, he Mike. Was there for, he was there for uh, Lucha Libre Online, and he asked him straight-up questions. He's like, listen, we know that AEW's fan base is the strong, hardcore wrestling fan base. What's your plan to bring the casual viewer over? Smart question. Smart and, question. And, and the runaround, I mean, you know, Tony t- Tony didn't directly answer the question. He kind of gave us, like, that political answer, but it just kind of goes back to what you're saying. Yeah. At the same time, I mean, yeah, like the, you know, the, the ratings are continuously going up, at least on Wednesdays. Fridays is a hard one to really mm-hmm. sell. But, you know, the Wednesdays, it, it continuously, uh, you know, it starts to climb above that one million mark flagship. again. And, it's the flagship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it takes a while to get that kind of growth, especially on the casual level. So. Uh, so during that media scrum, Tony Khan talking about the operational side of Ring of Honor, he says that I do have a lot of plans. I was very excited about reaching an agreement. I still have to, uh, still plan to make more announcements. Still in the preliminary phase, obviously. I've been very busy uh, with AEW and Revolution and everything going on. I'll have more to say about it. Uh, what am I going to do? There's still a lot of things that we need to figure out. 
the distribution is a great question and uh, what we're going to do moving forward. Uh, it assumes that we're going to do something uh, moving forward. I do want to continue operations for it and do have a lot of plans for it. I do expect to continue the wrestling operations. And also, it's a very valuable library we acquired. Uh, distribution, I can't say anything about it yet, about what it will be and how it is going to live and exist. I'm very excited, not about just the library and past content, but the opportunities to create more content. Mm -hmm. Obviously, uh, there are many other revenue streams, merchandising that we'll be able to generate, but it creates a lot of opportunities for us. It's great. And for AEW strategically, I think it's very good uh, that I now own Ring of Honor. You know, it's going to be kind of cool to see, uh, you know, a lot of people that maybe didn't have access to purchase the Ring of Honor DVDs back in the day. And they can see uh, Brian Danielson and, and and even Tyler Black. Well, who's where are we going to see it and how are yeah. we going to see it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, it, it, you know, uh, I like I said, I think this is certainly a big deal for them. But I think a streaming deal is what fans want. You know, mm -hmm. you had the same thing last night. People complaining about BR Live. It's the all new BR Live app. You heard them shouting that out. The all new BR Live app that you're going to spend fifty dollars on for the pay per view and all these different things. I mean, I worked. Uh, I, I watched it on the on the app last night. It worked pretty well. It didn't, okay. it didn't have any. It didn't have any issues last night with the with the previous version. It was terrible. Yeah, um, where you had to cast it to stuff and all. Yeah, well, that and you, had, you had purchasing problems, or yep. you'd buy it and didn't. And say exactly. that you had it yeah but i know but with the new with the new platform whatever platform they're using now whoever the new builder is um it's working it worked really well last night uh but just to kind of talk a little bit about the streaming services and all that stuff with the video content mm -hmm. um also during that same question with lucha libre online mike asked tony khan about hbo max in a streaming service and tony khan acknowledged that there is something in the works but he couldn't confirm as far as if it's HBO Max, he did say that they are partnered with Warner Media, one of the biggest media companies in the entire world. You guys can connect the dots, but I'm not going to say I know. it. Yeah. Exactly. La, 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 exactly. La, la, la. So, so he said it without saying it. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, and know. that would be a huge move. I think that'd be a, a move that's the equivalent of them getting the TNT deal, which, mind you, they got with only like just the all in pay-per-view. They got it with. No, that was their proof of concept, basically. Mm -hmm. And now you have a proof that this show has a diehard audience that's going to spend money on it. Um, is it a big enough audience that would be a subscription service audience? But if it's HBO Max and this thing's sort of a write-off here and HBO Max is going to start doing live sports, it, it just makes sense. We reported on this last week. It makes a lot of sense. I've talked to some people I know in the media world who aren't familiar with wrestling. They're more familiar with streaming platforms and selling different things like concerts mm -hmm. to streaming platforms. And they said live sports is very valuable and a wrestling show is a lot more valuable to a television uh, outlet or a streaming outlet than it was even four or five years ago. That's why WWE got that money. It's a trickle down economics. The money that WWE got even for their Peacock deal. We'll talk about Peacock. We have some news with that today uh, that it makes sense. Now, are they going to get the same money that WWE got? No, they're just not. And, and, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, guys. It's still a really good cool. platform for the for them to be. Oh, it's on awesome! You're you're talking about thirty plus million subscribers on HBO Max, yeah. and, and it's still a premium service. So you know you're going to get exactly. something good. It wouldn't be there if it wasn't. You get the rub of having your brand right next to DC superheroes and Peacemaker and Euphoria and all these first run movies. And HBO Max tends to be a little bit more adult. It's not like a Disney Plus thing. It's definitely like of a certain audience. So, good move on them. That's the best thing they can do if that's where it's going. 
get it there as soon as you can. And if you bring in everything with Ring of Honor in and say, hey, we have this whole wrestling category we just added to HBO Max, and it's all wrestling, and it's Ring of Honor, and who knows what else Tony has his rights on, right? Uh, it could be really fun. I, I'd be down for it. It'd be exciting. It'd be exciting for sure. Uh, let's talk about this. Pat McAfee, he made waves last week uh, having a very long conversation with Vince McMahon. If you've not watched that, go seek it out if you just want to skim through it. It's pretty exciting. Now, a lot of people thought we were going to have Vince McMahon, 70-plus-year-old man, taking out a former Super Bowl champion, Pat McAfee. Uh, but we're not getting that. We're getting Pat McAfee, who's wrestled two matches in WWE and has become quite the personality as a color commentary for SmackDown, taking on McMahon's new pet project, the braggadocious selfie-taking Austin Theory, who uh, has really, I think, done a lot more in WWE in the last year. Everyone says they don't make new stars, but McAfee, McAfee has become a star on his own uh, in WWE, and he was a star before he even got there. Uh, but that Austin Theory is a guy who was, a hot, he was an indie darling, came into the WWE system, and he's certainly something that Vince McMahon is on screen with. That is an endorsement. If Vince McMahon is on screen with you, he sees something in you. Mm-hmm. And so this is a real test for Theory and a real test for McAfee. And it has been confirmed they will be part of the Sunday night offering of the two nights of the most stupendous WrestleMania. Jeremy, what do you think of that slot? Because now you're talking two nights of WrestleMania. What night of WrestleMania do you want to be on? And this match is certainly an outlier because you have an experienced guy with kind of an outsider because McAfee's still an outsider. He's wrestled two matches. Uh, and he's more known as a personality. This is a challenging attraction. It's a very unique thing to be added to the biggest show of the year. Yeah, you got you to think that McAfee is stoked that he's wrestling on WrestleMania Sunday. Who I would be? I, yeah. I, I would assume, especially with the tenured wrestlers, mm-hmm. that WrestleMania Sunday maybe means a little more than Saturday. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it doesn't matter to maybe a younger guy like Austin Theory, but to a guy like Pat McAfee, it probably means the world to him that he's going to be wrestling on Sunday at WrestleMania. And uh, I think it's pretty tremendous. Uh, uh, you know, the work he's done, uh, he is, um, he has never, uh, never missed. He's uh, done a great job in the ring, done a great job with promos and does done a great job in commentary. So uh, I have uh, full faith. that This is going to be a solid match. Like, uh, like the Adam Cole match, because Austin theory is, a, is a, for his age, is very good in the ring. So I think these two are going to put on a good show. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, Pat McAfee is unique and special and caught on to the inner workings inside the ring like a tick on a dog, dude. Like he was able to do things that rookies that are still green are still trying to get down. He was able to do. Uh, Theory, on the other hand, is has just skyrocketed tremendously and i'm gonna go back to his time in nxt because when he came up to raw during that time during the pandemic when he was featured um with zelina vega and buddy murphy and all and and, um, seth rollins and seth rollins back then right he was featured not so much and then he got brought back down into the way and then he kind of worked on his character, but he also really worked on his in-ring style on selling. And he did such a tremendous job that that really made me believe that he can do absolutely anything. Now he has his opportunity on WrestleMania Sunday, which to go back to what you're saying, which one's more special WrestleMania Sunday, WrestleMania Saturday. I, it, it, they're both different in each ways, but you know, from a fan's perspective, I kind of look at WrestleMania Sunday as the WrestleMania, like the yeah. biggest night because it, of all the matches. It's unique to see what, night. yeah, it's unique to see what a, a, a get a wrestler's perspective 
especially a, a veteran. Exactly. Yes. Uh, like I said, a veteran's probably going to say Saturday or Sunday. And you kind of wonder if a younger guy really doesn't care. You know, I, I, it'd be interesting to kind of hear their takes on if, if they have a preference on on which night. Uh, definitely because it's it's two nights it's still the biggest show of the year this is the biggest show in wrestling whether or not you like wwe this is it the show is going to be in front of like 90 80,000 people a night uh, and it's going to be the most talked about wrestling show there's gonna be a show that a lot of people don't watch wrestling at all this is the one show they watch all year and i think the positioning of mcafee for some people still think oh he's not a big celebrity he's not a big celebrity for guys who follow sports he is and the fact that WWE can tap into him now on occasion to do these big matches is a big deal. Am I saying he's a needle mover like The Rock? No. And you know I how saying- many people were in his live stream last Thursday watching that Vince McMahon interview? 37,000 people live streaming Concurrently. on YouTube. Concurrently. Concurrently. That doesn't include the replays or no. that clip that got replayed several million times. But... 37,000 people. Plus, he has that fan duel deal. So the guy's doing something right. He's got an audience, and the audience knows him. They everyone everyone talks about ratings. Like That's a show that probably like eight, nine people watched that, that in like fan a 30, duel. 40 hour period when you that, think about it. That fan duel deal got re upped too, by the way. Tons of money, man. Good for so him. They, they realized it was profitable and re upped him. Uh, just, I think it was just within the last few months, if I'm not mistaken. Mm hmm. Uh, it's, it's interesting to see how this plays out. It is definitely an interesting match to add to WrestleMania as this card kind of comes together and we'll certainly see it finalized here. I saw a question before we move into the other topic, people asking about the Stone Cold Steve Austin match. Todd Laney asking about this. I heard Steve Austin versus Kevin Owens is close to being a match at WrestleMania 38 this year. Question mark. Uh, we haven't heard much about that. There has been some rumblings of this somehow being clarified into something. And there has been debate of whether or not you're actually going to see Stone Cold Steve Austin come out of retirement and have a formal match. We are now uh, at March 7th. WrestleMania is less than a month away. If WWE wants to pull the trigger and say that Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to come out of retirement and have his first match in 19 years, the last one was at a WrestleMania. He's done a lot of physical things since then. Special guest referee, he was an on-screen character for television, all these different things. But coming out of retirement and having a match is a totally different thing. Uh, he did get a huge pop several years ago. Last time WrestleMania was in Texas, but he got hurt doing that too. <laughs> you know, so um, is that something he wants to do? He, he hurt his arm, not not the, the well known severe neck issue. Um, Kevin Owens is poking the bear, making fun of Texas all the time on social media. That is still something he's still doing, uh, but they haven't positioned on TV with Seth Rollins. Uh, before we move on here, how, do you still pull the trigger on this? Is this just a confrontation? Does he continue to talk trash about Texas in front of a you know a, a nearly a hundred thousand people in Texas, and then glass shatter, Stone Cold comes out, and we just get a beat down? Is that all we get here? What do we get? I don't know, man. It, I, I, you know, ever since the news dropped a few weeks ago, it really has fizzled out. There really hasn't been a m- uh, much buzz around it. Kevin Owens continues to tease it on with his promos every single Monday night. Um, you know, making fun of Texas and why he heads mm-hmm. Texas is very present on social media. So I'm more prone to believe that this might be more of a run-in situation where we hear the glass shatter. He comes in, drops a couple stoners, walks out, True. or or we have all these Hall of Famers that happen to be from Texas. So Stone Cold, they GBL, all get in line. Booker T, and they all get in line to Kevin Von Eric. Kev- 
to 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 whip uh the the uh the I just wanted you know, I just wanted to throw you off. I just wanted I just wanted to throw you off. I got Jeremy making that face. That's all I wanted. Not, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know I don't know what the angle Will is you here, stop? We'll see. Woo. We'll see. Uh, get this one in here before we move on to our next topic. Roland Curtis, always thank you for the super chats. Roland, uh, send this one here. Uh, Vader going in now is somewhat appropriate because of the infamous moment with Vader when he roughed up a four media guy to protect the Undertaker and protect the business and the WWE Championship and the business Cornette should induct Undertaker. Uh, I know, well, I don't know what the relationship is with Cornette and WWE right now. I don't honestly know if it's good or not to be. Of course, famed wrestling manager Jim Cornette, one of the biggest podcasters in wrestling, uh, would love his numbers. Uh, he did speak on that that it's very appropriate that it's it's a big deal that the uh, Undertaker is being inducted of Instagram. He did speak on that. I, I caught the clip of that. Uh, he did kind of talk about the process of doing an induction speech because he inducted the Midnight Express, a, a group he knew well. He joked about the idea that Vince never brought them in to, to wrestle. Uh, but the only edict they got for their speeches in terms of the time and some other things uh, was to simply not thank Vince McMahon. That's something that Vince doesn't want. He does, it isn't about him. Yes, yeah. he is involved in making the selections for who goes in the Hall of Fame. It's the WWE Hall of Fame. It's his he Hall said, of Fame. He said that on the Pat McAfee show. He doesn't like to be thanked. So yeah. So uh, I would. I think Jim Cornette was a manager for Vader while he was in WWE. It would be very, very fitting. He certainly somebody who's very familiar with him. Uh, there's a lot of different choices here that you can make. Uh, hopefully Cornette's just there. Be nice well, you know, it, it, you know, Cornette was uh, of course obviously the color commentator for NWA. Then some things came to light and he got you know booted. So I don't know if that's going to come into play. That's also. happened since uh, since he was out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. And that's when Stu Bennett. Wade Barrett mm -hmm. uh, replaced him and before then WWE hired him to, to do color commentary for NXT. So mm -hmm. certainly interesting, uh, certainly interesting here. So uh, we are not too far away, just about less than a week here right now, Jeremy, you know, the gaming world from the um, release. I think the early people already have early release uh, people that did the uh, NWO edition have it today or they have the pre-orders. So the pre-orders are out now and the full yeah. game comes out on Friday. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about WWE 2K22, the long anticipated annual franchise from EA Sports under the 2K Sports banner. Uh, this will be WWE's sixth or what? Uh, sixth edition under this current contract. And this contract is supposedly coming up soon. There's been discussions about this, Fightful Select reporting on it, and there is a sense of a make-or-break situation with this edition of the game following the much-maligned release of 2K20, which had a bunch of developmental issues with subcontractors pulling out of the project early on. Then there's been some news revealed that less money has been invested in the overall development of WWE games in, ter in terms of comparison to other sports properties that the 2K Sports team is working on for the likes of the NBA and other big leagues. So WWE feeling now that even though they don't make that type of money that you would on an NBA 2K game, that they still have an activated fan base, which is completely true. And you also talk about the additional, you know, downloadable content and stuff like that. I think it's a way bigger thing, I think you would think, with the WWE audience, with the costumes and all that stuff, right? Um, so WWE feeling like this is make or break. You know, we just put out two games with you that didn't, you know, didn't didn't satisfy our fan base that we're making this product for. Two K twenty was a pretty bad game. I, I heard Battlegrounds was a fun game. I didn't I didn't think it was that. It's game. an arcade smashing game, bro. It, yeah, it but got, it's, it's it's not a it, game you're gonna play for like nine months. It got you know? old no. real quick in microtransaction yeah. hell. Yeah. 
But isn't that all gaming now? Isn't that no, all gaming? Not too necessarily. Today? Not no. necessarily. No, I've all been right, playing. So- uh, I've been playing Gran Turismo Seven for about twenty hours now, and I don't have a single microtransaction that I had to do there. Are you liking it? Are you liking oh. uh, uh, GT Seven? Hell yeah! But I'm a big fan of of the GT series ever since. Yeah, I love let me GT. let me really in though in this two K game here. Is, yeah, I mean, is- I've I've got you know I've I've been to community days when it was with THQ. Uh, I've worked with EA. Uh, I've made several trips to EA in my lifetime working on the Tiger Woods series, the NCAA football series, the Madden series, and the NBA series. You, you, you know, were doing testing on those or just, uh, uh, just consult kind of consultant. Okay. Uh, you know, they flew me in a few times a year down to Orlando. Uh, and then I got a chance to go to uh, SummerSlam in 2011. I think it was whatever year Randy Orton was on the cover of it back when THQ was still running it. Uh, and in my podcast co-host, he's been involved in the WWE games community even before I was. So, mm-hmm. You know, I've got a lot of insight just on how the business runs and how things go from behind the scenes, just with my my work with EA that I've been doing since 2010. And, uh, you know, I find it very interesting that they they mentioned the the lack of resources. Obviously, you're not going to get the resources of NBA 2K that that that's their mm. their gold mine. Uh, and they really don't. I mean, outside of the PGA, um, which is actually a new, newly acquired thing. They've only put out two games, I think, since they acquired the studio that used to uh, put the golf club games together because that's who basically the engine comes from, the old golf club games prior to that. Um, so, you know, I, you know, it's interesting that they say they aren't getting the resources, but at the same time, it's like you got to wonder, do they deserve them? But at the same time, I've heard from fans of the series, obviously, from back when Ukes and THQ produced it, that it has just gone progressively downhill ever since 2K took over. They've had some fine games, but the best game was basically using the Ukes' engine, yeah. uh, the first game. So the, the fan base has progressively said this has gotten worse, and then it came to a head in 20. Yeah. Um, now, a good friend of mine uh, did got the NWO edition and said that... Uh, uh, he's really enjoying it so far. Uh, I'm going to probably hold off for a little while, at least. I mean, kind of see what the first week is like that people have with this thing. Out it's of the like, box. I just right? got, mm-hmm. I just got two brand new games with Elden Ring and Grand Treasure Seven. It's like, and on top <laughs> of everything saw, else, I just saw Elden Ring. I'm, I'm for, first of all, I'm just getting back into the gaming space. I took mm-hmm. like a year off because I, I just did not have time to play in the. But I saw <laughs> Elden Ring, and it looks freaking amazing i was just mm. like i was thinking about getting it this weekend but i just finished mm. two games over the weekend yeah so it's like i don't have time to i, I got a backlog of over 100 i got hundreds of games that i haven't even touched sure. so you know uh wwe just isn't on my radar right now to play just because i haven't had fun with it in a long time anyways and yeah in battlegrounds i didn't like at all i got tired of it so quickly so yeah i can see where wwe is maybe looking to shop elsewhere the the the, the downside of that is they're gonna have to do without a game for a few years if they go that route um because they they may have to go to a developer who's never done a wwe well anymore. if ea has to do it from scratch and and word is they're gonna they're gonna work with the vancouver studio that does the ufc series so if they have to put it together from scratch you're it's just like NCAA football. They announced the return of NCAA football a year or two ago. That game's still not going to come out until next year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so they're at least three years. If they if they decide to jump ship, you're going to be probably three years without a WWE game, unless you get those like subcontracted like mobile games and stuff like that. Oh like, yeah, aren't there like which real? well they're always which have already those. which already exists. There's yeah. multiple companies putting out multiple games uh, every year for WWE. But there's there's a lot riding on this, and I, I I'll appreciate the report here. Uh, once again, tip of the cap to old Sean Ross Sapp, the Millennial mm-hmm. Melter himself on this, and him saying that WWE was upset that they want the best game that they can put out for their fans, which I was like, that's yeah. Like if we're going to work I mean, with you guys and our fans are upset about it and we're putting all this effort into it. And also we're giving you access. Another thing is like, when I see this, like WWE talent is like all over this thing yeah. in terms of like the resources of it, like their marketing program has to be all over their yeah. publicity team is all over this thing, putting their own resources. I don't see that with the NBA. And, like, and I, don't, I, don't, I don't, I mean like, I mind you, I get it. Maybe NBA is just a bigger deal. It's the name sells itself. You know? Well, yeah, and they sell millions of copies. It's sure. the only game in town now that Live hasn't produced a title in a while. Yeah. But, you know, the, here's the key thing. Um, and I brought this up on Top Story. Everybody was saying, oh, how 2K22 looks so great and everything like that. And It I, does look, a, it does look I, like graphically, and, it looks and, like a much better game. And I've reiterated it on this show. It's because they're controlling what's being put out. And in this report, Sean Rousseff says many conflicting reports came out. A lot of the content creators didn't get any kind of access and a lot of things were controlled on this launch. And so that's why I said, beware of the hype. You know, this may but still it, fall flat. Is, isn't that though, because they knew the last game, the last like proper, like annual franchise game got such flack and there were so many videos out and there was so like, you almost have to do that for yeah. lack of a better phrase. You have to control the narrative to a degree. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying I agree with it. You want, as much transparency as you can get but we've seen this with like the big spider-man movies where they went like that last one where they had to protect the obvious thing is that you're going to get you know the old school actors coming back to do some spider-man team-up thing right and i i got the sense of you just spoiled it kevin (laughs) oh my god the movie's been out for three months uh but no but like to me it's like the same idea i've been around rooms like that when we're going to announce our lineup for our big music festival and we just want to release it this certain way because we will get extra oomph extra boom extra all that it's like a movie trailer right it's like when they exactly. sell you all the ex- excellent parts best parts of the movie when you watch the movie you're three hours in and the only p- best parts of the movie were five minutes hmm. but you also want to make that wave yourself you don't want someone you know at uh, at gaming nerd 69 x face whatever to be the person that says this game is good when really you want it to be done through proper resources it's it literally is about making the narrative work to your benefit and they're in the position to do it because it's their property and it's their team and it's ea and it's wwe and 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 this is no different than the way the nfl would treat this if they had a bad video game uh you know what i mean like it's the same same idea so i get it i hope the game is good uh, if I do get it, I'll get it on Steam. I, I, I do everything on the laptop now, so that's how I'll do it. Let me know what you guys think. Are you looking forward to the game? Is this a game you're going to get? Are you going to wait to see if, it, if it's worth your money? Uh, are you going to see what happens here? Peacock. This was a huge, huge deal for WWE. This is the third billion-dollar agreement they had in the last few years. A real game-changer taking the WWE Network uh, off of their own OTT service and then putting it under the NBC Universal banner. There's been some flack against it in terms of just how the interface works and all these different things, but the convenience of having WWE tied to another major streaming service with things like, uh, you know, the NFL games, Super Bowl was on it this year, and the SNL and all these different movies. Kind of cool. Tied to a lot of Olympics. Olympics. (laughs) 
tied to a lot of different cable packages. A lot of people get it for a pretty good price. There's tiers with it. It kind of had everything that WWE kind of wanted out of a streaming service when they launched their streaming service in 2014. And they get to be paired with all these other brands. So it's not too bad of a deal, and they're getting paid a pretty penny too, right? The president for Peacock has gone on the record and has praised this deal. Now, we know that Peacock lost a significant amount of money. They attribute to most of that money being lost on spending new money on production. Some of those productions have been announced. Some of them haven't. Uh, and uh, it's kind of odd. They're trailing behind other streaming services, but they're still praising this WWE deal. And we've heard nothing but good things about WWE's viewership. More people are watching WWE uh, premium live events, pay-per-views, big events like the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania on the service. Now, the president of Peacock went on the uh, record here, Kelly Campbell, speaking to Vulture, saying, WWE has been an incredibly successful partnership for Peacock since launch. We invested in an incredible fan base that provides us the opportunity to bring those fans back time and time again and to massive live events that are part of the WWE franchise. That's key because with a streaming service, you have this thing called churn. You know, Spotify, oh, some albums aren't out that I don't care about. I'm not listening to it. I'm going to drop it. And maybe some albums come out that I want to jump on here again. With WWE, if you're on board, you just pay your money every week. You, you Every month, you know you get the pay-per-view, even if you're just a casual fan of it, right? Uh, she continued to say, we have WrestleMania, in fact, returning on April. Uh, this is already one of our biggest live events of the year. Noting that, you know, what the back-end traffic of this is. And we have original series that I'm super excited about featuring John Cena, coming out later this year called WWE Evil that I think will bring a fun new take on the space for this audience. It's worth noting uh, John Cena, also a part of one of the biggest TV shows of the year in general on another streaming service. Uh, some breaking the R-rated news. superhero show, uh, series Peacemaker. What do you got for me? You're cutting I, me off. I'm reading my media news. Yeah, I don't know if she's trolling or if this is real, but Becky Lynch just posted a photo of her in the hospital saying she will not be at Raw tonight. Um I don't know any more details. Um, I'm not going to be there. I'm getting my a, appendix. I'm getting my appendix taken out. Yeah, I don't I'm know. I'm going to get it, whipped by Bianca and her I don't hair. Know if it, I don't know if this is a photo <laughs> from when she's about ready to give birth, maybe, or, or if she's really in the hospital. I don't know. But uh, she just announced she will not be on Raw tonight. And uh, all we know so far is that um, uh, did she just took a photo from uh, uh, from a hospital bed saying that uh, uh that uh oh last night in the main event in allentown oh so uh something fractured her voice box oh oh i'll speak for her. i'll come out i'll do the voice there the you go. Time. There we go get paul I wonder, this is, I wonder if this is like from last night or from over the weekend yeah allentown it's live a work. Event. yeah it's a work. It's a work. yeah yeah that's why i'm wondering if like this is like from her uh, you know when she was in the hospital for being pregnant or something like that if she's just working the instagrams or not all right, guys, let's ask her this last uh, super chat before we head out. Roland Curtis is asking on YouTube, do you guys remember the Camp Cornette stable, Jim Cornette, Big Van Vader, Owen Hart, British Bulldog? It's very underrated and forgotten stable. Mm -hmm. It was a solid stable. I think part of it is at the time that it was there. It was the mid-90s when WWE was getting there had handed him by WCW at the time. And you had some great people, uh, but they were goon stable. You know, they were goon stable and they were serviceable goons. And even though you had, you know, Yoko and you had uh, Big Van Vader and everyone that Cornette was managing, he, he was the louder, meaner version of Jimmy Hart, you know, and, and that, that's no shot at Jimmy. Uh, he was an incredible manager and he got a lot out of the characters he had there at the time. How sad is it that Cornette's the only guy out of that group that's alive? 
It is very sad. Aww, very tragic. Yeah. yeah. Or fortunate. Uh, it depends on how you look at it. A lot going on here. We're less than a month away from WrestleMania. I got some good, good news about some stuff that we're going to be doing in Dallas today. So that's pretty sweet. Uh, I'm looking to finalize a comedy show announcement uh, comedy? For, for, for Texas this week. So hopefully that'll Ooh. come together. Comedy? Uh, give me a follow. You, you say it like I like it's a question mark whether or not you do it. You, you do comedy? comedy? I'm, I'm uh, Ron Burgundy? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you put a question mark on that teleprompter, Burgundy will read it every time. Laryngeal fractures. What happened to Brecky Lynch last night? Laryngeal. Laryngeal. Hardly. Fra- fractured larynx. Eww, that does not sound fun. No, it does not. Uh, wow. Big mouth. Uh, closed there. Here we go. Uh, you can follow Jeremy Pena on the, on the Twitter machine at JB Huskers. He was tweeting up a storm here with AEW uh, last night. Jose G. Big on the TikTok now, I believe. Am I correct? Jose That's G. right. Doing all the dances. Follow him at Jose underscore G underscore official. Uh, he's got all the hand dances. He's ready for you. Uh, he's also on the Twitter and the Instagram. You can get me on the Twitter at Kev Kellum. Uh, I'm also on the Instagram. My Instagram game, not nearly as strong as my Twitter game. You can follow me on Instagram at Kev Kellum six. Uh, I will be live at comedy bar on March 14th, next Monday, right off Michigan Avenue. Uh, next Tuesday, I'll be at the world famous Zanies comedy club in Chicago. Zanies. I think Kev's Zanies! probably fun. I think Kevin, I think Kev's funnier than Jeff Dunham, by the way, James. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, I yeah. appreciate that. Now, if only, uh, but I would take Jeff Dunham's I'm money. Not. Oh Here yeah. Right. Yeah. I would take Jeff Dunham's money to yeah. do uh, a racist puppet show if, if it was possible. But, um, you know, I have ethics. Uh, look at me taking shots at Jeff Dunham. Who am I? Whatever, dude. Shots fired on social bam, media. Bam, bam. Yeah, that's right. Dunham, you hear me? I'm coming for you. I'm there's your, for you. There's your WrestleMania match, brother. I'm, I'm coming for you and puppets. Me, Kermit the Frog. Come down and we're going to kick your ass. Jose's going to be coming for Jose Jalapeno. <laughs> But remember, guys, when you're watching wrestling, you got to do the most important thing, which is what? Make fun of puppets. You don't want to know where that hand's been. Yeah. Dunham hardly knew him. Uh, If you're enjoying wrestling, thank you so much. Enjoy wrestling, everybody. Uh, (laughs) This is our job. This is awesome. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out! 